0: One, two, three! Welcome to the Ladybirds Podcast. We are here having open conversations about mental health, sex, and womanhood. All right. Dear diary, my teen angst bullshit has a body count. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. You can't do anything unless you're the center of attention! Don't have sex in missionary position. Your a boyfriend who's not such a complete bummer. Don't have sex standing up. All I see is pork souls You're a virgin. Try. just don't do it promise to start off i'm mandy and i like movies and talking about sex that's why i'm here today and i am joined today with
1: i am kate i like animals and marijuana and my friends yeah <laughs> i
2: don't know i like animals a lot i am gabby i like good old folk music <laughs> And drinking tequila at 2:30, apparently. Ooh. So we're starting this episode off with sex education. It feels like the most obvious way to begin our first Ladybirds episode with our introduction to sex. So you get to know us a little bit better and how we learned about sex.
1: The birds mm. and the bees, if you will.
2: The getting it down and dirty. The As e-
1: my friend Gabby says, the fooky fooky.
2: <laughs> the fooky fooky. The most important way <laughs> to say fuky it. Fuky. <laughs> So
0: let's get started. (laughs) So I guess like sex is weird because it's a social behavior for humans and it's incredibly primitive. It's next to eating, sleeping, sex, reproducing. That's just it. But it is very interesting because unlike any other natural behavior within humans, it's the only one that's really taboo. It is unique in that way and I think that's partly why we decided to talk about it today because of how it is handled right now. And so we're kind of speaking from partly a perspective in America or our experiences. And I know Gabby, you had different experiences even though you were kind of abroad.
2: Still a very Western take on it. And I think the main thing that we're bringing into this table is what it was like learning about sex as people that identify as females. It was also, like, a very gendered sex education. And I
0: know you have some crazy statistics about sex education in the U.S., right?
2: For many of us, our first major exposure to information about sex is through our sex ed classes. And unfortunately, most of our experiences are often lacking in information. And in some cases, the quote-unquote facts being told to us are promoting a harmful and biased perspective. So I did some research because we are real professionals here. (laughs) We are. So to give you an idea, here's what the sex education landscape in the U.S. looks like. At the moment, only 24 states mandate sex education, and only 13 of those require that it be medically accurate. Super
0: (laughs) cute, America. Yeah. Damn. Damn
2: and even by medically accurate sex education it doesn't mean pleasure gender identity sexuality are required to be covered so what does that mean for the leftover states well it leaves them the ability to relay misinformation myths stigma and shame about our bodies our well-being and our sexuality and it is very heterosexual education which is not realistic to how most people identify themselves and then when it comes to absence only education it is still incredibly popular in the U.S., despite us having empirical data that proves that these policies fail to raise the age kids first start having sex, and it doesn't reduce the rate of SDI or teen pregnancy. So if there's an absence of comprehensive sex education both at home and in schools, where can we access information about our sexual behavior, our sexual pleasure, how we think about our sexual desires, etc.? Is it gonna be the media? Is it gonna be porn? Which, if that's where your sex manual comes from, it ain't good. Because more often than not, those follow the dominant social ideologies of the male gaze, and that is incredibly damaging. But this is not the end. There is more horrible <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. oh, Jesus
2: Christ. He's I need, I need another rep.
0: shot. Fuck
2: so, on top of all of this, only three states mandate that consent be a part of sex ed which is absurd because one in five women and one in 16 men are sexually assaulted while in college and so we've been continuing to deprive teens to a safe space where they can explore and access important information about their changing bodies their natural desires reproductive health bodily autonomy so i think the whole point of this now that we've gone through a lot of numbers it is very incredibly valuable for us to not only discuss our stories and experiences with sex ed not only to have a laugh about how ridiculous it can be but to also critique the system and see how we can possibly create a better environment for kids to develop a healthy relationship to their bodies and sexuality because even as a 24 year old now i still feel like i'm learning to unpack all of these things that i was taught to really understand what sex means And what pleasure means and what my sexuality means and it's a lot i think the other part that we do want to just put out there is we're not going to have all the answers we're not experts here but what we want to do is to try to create a community with you guys and with ourselves that we can encourage to question and encourage the discussion and exploration of sexual wellness
0: yeah because we found that like the best sex education we got in our life was talking to our friends and just being like this is my experience. This is your experience. I thought it was weird. And in fact, it's very normal. And it's something that the more you talk about it, the better it is. So I mean, there's
2: nowhere else to go. But let's talk about our experiences. Tell me about when you guys first heard the word sex.
0: I remember I was in the second grade. And I don't know how but it got around where babies come from and I remember I had a friend that with every teacher she'd raise her hand and she would go Mr. Lindsay where do babies come from and she would look at them and she we we understood that it was like taboo and so it was really funny because from a young age I didn't understand what sex was but we knew it was a way to get adults to squirm they would turn red and so my first memory of kind of like Sex and all that stuff was was the second grade, and then I had a friend, and I think that summer we like went into YouTube and we googled sex, which, you know, now that I understand YouTube, there's so much safety on it, so we didn't find anything. It was like yoga exercises.
1: I didn't have access until that stuff until I was like fourteen or fifteen, I would say. So all the no. stuff I learned about sex was like
0: from books and shit. Writing boobs know. on the calculator. Did anybody do that? Oh, we
1: definitely boobies. boobies in the calculator.
0: Boobies in the calculator. <laughs> And so it is interesting because I can only imagine what it's like now. You can go on fucking TikTok. I don't know. I don't have a TikTok. That's not sound old. But like TikTok. I don't know like what you can probably access from TikTok.
1: I had no idea until recently. Um, and I'm an avid Reddit user. And I don't know if I just like somehow put adult settings on mine. <laughs> like the parental controls are just already clicked online. But I had no idea there was porn on Reddit. There's just like oh. blatant porn. Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah, oh yes tumblr.
2: yes remember when they took porn off tumblr or oh. like i think i was post tumblr yeah. when that happened know. but i did hear about it and i was like wait where do they go now that's where i got like softcore porn from yeah. <laughs> oh well and
1: that's where i remember going on tumblr because that was the only place i could find queer porn mm-hmm. that was the only that place i like could find ladies that doing stuff with
0: mm-hmm. ladies that does make sense Gabby, what was was the first time or like your first memory?
2: So I don't have any memory of like my mom sitting me down and talking to me about sex, but what I do have is two memories Where my child brain understood that what I was seeing was sex, but not knowing anything more than that and Mm. thinking it was really funny that I was getting like a peek into this. (laughs) And I was probably for the first one, I was probably around seven. I was at the zoo with my brothers and family friends, and we were looking at these turtles and suddenly one turtle gets on top of the other and starts the Fuki Fuki action. (laughs) And I turned to my friend who's younger than me. (laughs) And i go like, they're having sex, as a kid does. So my mom freaked out and like pulled me aside and was like, you can't tell her about this, she doesn't know this. I had no idea that it was this kind of taboo thing until it constantly kept being brought up that way. The other memory that I do have, which is unfortunately much more awkward and uncomfortable to think about and has never been spoken about again, it's not seeing my parents have sex. Although I did witness that this past Christmas, unfortunately. Ah, There it is. I went through like 24 years of my life without experiencing that, but probably around that same age, seven to eight. I was in a hotel room with my dad and we were watching TV and we were just scrolling through the channels. Of course, the scene that happens to come on the TV is of this girl giving a guy a blowjob and her mouth gets stuck. Oh! And like the ambulance has to come in and try oh. to like remove his apparently massive dick from her mouth. I was terrified to give someone a blowjob after that. I was like, what if my mouth gets stuck on his dick?
1: <laughs> That's a fear I've never had before, but thank you for it. Oh my god <laughs> That is a fear.
2: I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I don't think that would happen, right? Like, I think you would know. That's. That's my introduction to sex, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> and so, I guess, so that was your introduction to sex as a whole. What was, like, your first introduction to sex education? Did you guys have sex
2: education? It was definitely in Abu Dhabi. And I moved to Abu Dhabi in fourth grade. Okay, right. right. Fifth grade is when we first started having that kind of conversation. and But it started with, like, the puberty talk. And I don't know how it was for you guys, but... For us, it was divided into boys and girls, which is ridiculous to me. But that's when we first started having the conversations about your body changing. No conversation about sex or sexuality or gender identity, but more just like, oh, if you're a girl, this is what's going to happen. It was mainly focused on menstruation, but solely like, what do you do if you get your period? You put a pad or a tampon. But there was no discussion on like, cramps or pain or how your body and your hormones and your mood changes and that wasn't really a conversation that was provided in that class and the other one that for me was really unfortunate was my breasts. And I was one of the first ones in my friend yeah. group and I was so embarrassed that I had yeah. to wear the, what, the training bras. Oh my god I was so that's embarrassed. That's so
0: funny
1: that's our experience
0: yeah. because I was a late bloomer and I got made fun mm-hmm. for that. Interesting to see how both were just traumatized and I think it's traumatized because there is no conversation and my sex education was pretty similar it was in the 5th grade, separated boys and girls. In our room they drew a picture of the vagina and ovaries and they like showed us okay like this is what happens when you get your period. The boys they talked about ejaculation. So already their talk is more skewed towards sex. Ours was purely just about like you're gonna bleed and, and what
1: happens. It's it's also weird too because I'm reflecting on
0: it. I'm like you know America is so capitalist, but I remember they tried to make it fun for us by like giving us goodie bags. 100 like,
1: percent. I got a goodie bag. Like,
0: and it was I think about it too. Like it was they tried to make it cool, and that was like how they tried to sell it to us. This also was 15 years ago, so I don't really know how much it has changed. But I, I can imagine, based on the statistics, it cannot have advanced enough to what we need it to be today.
2: I think the other tell is just based on how it's discussed in the media. Like, mm-hmm. movies and TV shows are still not representing well, that. Well, that's the
1: frustrating thing. A lot of sex ed for kids comes from what they, what media they're consuming, what they see in the media, but it also leads to that. Like, we're just coming to a point where, like, they are body inclusives of everybody, like disabled people, plus size people, people who are tiny, like everybody, full spectrum, like respect everyone. But until that just recently started happening, it's just this like cycle of shame. You see all these images of like women's bodies and what you're supposed to look like. And that's why when you're younger, it is that spectrum of like early bloomers get made fun of, late bloomers get made fun of. (sighs) It's because there's just so much inherent shame. My cousin's it's a psychology teacher. A boy came up to her while they were doing, like, group discussion stuff and in, like, a very hushed tones was like, I need to ask you a question. Do balls actually drop? Like, do they physically drop? Because this girl in my group is telling me that balls physically drop and that was not my experience. Like, puberty is oh something wrong with me? And my cousin had to sit him down and be like, there is nothing wrong with your body. But I've alternatively met men who don't understand like men my age to like late 20s being like well can't you just like hold your period in it's just this inherent misinformation about other other people's bodies and I think it kind of stems back to my experience was getting pulled aside it was definitely the sixth grade they did the same thing boys and girls separate room mm-hmm. only talk about your physical changes mm-hmm. so with boys it was like uncontrollable erections, ejaculating, wet dreams, stuff like that. And then girls have to sit in the other room listening to the misery of what periods are. I think the secrecy of it, of like boys don't get to know what happens with girls' bodies and girls don't get to know what happens with boys' bodies just like feeds into this like mysteriousness of it all instead of just telling us all what the
0: fuck's going on. And, And that's why I think the problem too is because it's so taboo, because it's not handled well, we can't have the nuanced you know, conversations about sex that is very important. It's detrimental because we are still very uncomfortable and we're still not willing to have these open conversations. And as a result, you see statistics and you kind of talked Mm -hmm. about, you know, issues with with consent. It's like you have to connect the dots.
1: When you guys... Because we've talked about sex education as far as, like, reproductive and the changes in your body. Do you guys remember when you had... Like, did you guys have a secondary? Mm-hmm. Cause like I had the first initial thing in the sixth grade, which like, can mm-hmm. we be real? Sixth grade, too late. But, um, we had like a secondary thing. So in the seventh and eighth grade, you took, I think they called them electives, but you didn't get to choose mm-hmm. what you took. And so they showed us a video about sex. And I remember, oh God, I remember like every part of that movie it was just horrifying. Um, oh God. so they didn't <laughs> separate boys and girls and it was a British movie this boy who's like going through puberty (laughs) and his experiences and like he has a wet dream about a girl that he goes to school with and then it transitions to like his crush about the girl and then it talks about how the girl is changing from the boy's perspective not the girl's perspective and about how they have feelings for each other and then after that movie ended they showed us a video of like a live birth I just remember we oh, were all, fuck. like, gripping our chairs <laughs> and just, like, wide-eyed, like, what the, I'm never having sex, I'm never having yeah. children, thank you. But it was all kind of in that way that you're saying, like, separating boys and girls for people... Who are gender fluid or trans or anything like that? Like, it's the same thing when you actually have the conversation about sex, it's very yeah. hetero. Are we, like, not even gonna broach that being queer is a thing? I'm a queer person. I identify as pansexual. Like, I didn't even know that was an option yeah. for me at that age, so I just had all these confused feelings. We're in one of the liberal most states, liberal parts of our country, and in my liberal ass state, in my liberal ass town.
2: Not to mention that other kids could already start experimenting prior to that and have no idea how to enter that experience in a safe consensual manner i was gonna ask you
1: guys actually were you abstinence only at all my high school is like abstinence is the best thing it's the only thing that will protect you from getting an std Mm -hmm. but if you are dumb enough to have sex this is how you protect yourself and they only showed us condoms and they were like people who have sex at your age are bad and dumb and stupid and like they basically were like sex is for making babies yeah. sex is reproduction that's it and yeah. you're just like what because at that point when they were telling yeah, you yeah. that kind no. of stuff like
2: no i know that's
1: not what this game is about yeah. we we're just getting curious
2: about kissing about yeah, get, like, like, kiss, yeah. like stuff
1: like that by the time you're in middle school yeah. but like i was masturbating when i was like <laughs> like, I'm, I've been doing stuff for a while now. <laughs> you can just tell me the
2: truth about it. You know? Can I also ask, I also ask um, who taught you this? Because from my understanding, and it has been my experience as well, that your sex ed teacher isn't necessarily someone that spef- specializes in mm-hmm sexual education.
1: The first one, when I had it in the fifth and sixth grade, that was about reproduction. Mm -hmm. It was just my sixth grade teacher. Okay. And the boys got pulled with a male teacher. Um, And then when I was in middle school, it was definitely a dude who taught the health class and i think he maybe also taught like two gym classes or
0: something like that so it's so interesting now that i'm kind of recounting like i had my sex education in middle school and i had nothing in high school which is wild and i was weirdly lucky because the health class that i got was like pilot program like it had only started (laughs) in a couple years and i actually had a really fantastic health teacher she was a badass she was younger and i remember she just like right off the bat she's like yeah we're gonna have health We're going to talk about drugs. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about this. And she was fantastic. But ultimately, when we did talk about sex, it was about STDs and it was about protection. But there was no conversations at all, really, about sex is also not just penetration. And that's something that it really wasn't until I was in college, which it's kind of embarrassing to say that I finally kind of understood that sex is not just going in (laughs) and it's, and there's so many, there's so many more forms of the act. I would probably say that. I had one of the most comprehensive sexual educations, and yet there was still gaping holes with the nuances that we really needed. Because I think it's so taboo to talk about pleasure, and mm-hmm. that's the big thing. Sex is like, you know, it's 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 good. It feels good. Like you want to do it.
2: Female pleasure. Yes. Yes. Very specific, I would say, to like LGBTQIA community, and that's that's not represented in TV shows or movies. Usually, that's what gets them like a higher
0: rating. I'll never forget. I think you're talking about this film is not yet rated. Yes. Like that movie is fantastic. Everyone should watch it. Yeah, everybody should watch it. And I will always remember because it breaks down how essentially the system has no sign of like rhyme or reason as to how they rate films. And this film is not yet rated. They have a great example of Boys Don't Cry. And it was got an NC-17, which is like essentially like the death to your film because it totally cuts down on your audience. In that movie, I remember they showed her going down on the character. It was a trans Trans. person. It's
1: not
0: a trans person because they were bad at doing that when they made that movie. So, you know, ultimately it was non-penetrative sex and what they said was her reaction and her pleasure Mm -hmm. made that movie NC-17. So if they just cut out her reacting pleasantly to sex, then it would not be NC-17. They can't even show her
1: pleasure.
0: They can't show pleasure. God forbid
1: women be Yeah.
0: I honestly think it the way our society has conditioned, like the only people who are allowed to show any sort of pleasure around sex is straight, hetero white men. We can't see. We don't Absolutely. see POC enjoying. We don't see you know trans. We don't see disabled people. We're not allowed. Like it's perpetuated with how sex ed for me
2: was, which was one semester and it was our P.E. teacher that taught us this.
0: do pull-ups? Yeah, exactly.
2: I was not introduced to sex education at all in the terms of female pleasure. The only part that was like that pleasure was involved was there's was this one point where we all wrote down our questions Uh, anonymously and one of the questions someone made a joke and was like what does an orgasm sound like and of course unfortunately for some reason my teacher thought that it would be appropriate and productive to actually act out what an orgasm sounded like which was also false it's It's definitely fucking weird, that's for sure. But that was the only kind of pleasure conversation that happened. It perpetuates the porn industry, like male gay situation, but it also perpetuates this idea that female bodies
0: are there for breeding. How do you guys imagine sex education to kind of be taught? The way I see it is to start talking about it from a young age and that way you can kind of get out the biological, just basic stuff, and then that way by the time as you're getting older you're able to have much more complicated nuanced conversations about consent, about the very different slices as you would say about what sex looks like and beyond just a male and female, beyond that. So, I guess that's what I would say. What about you guys?
1: I feel like I just want to see it be so much more intersectional yes. and covering things. Definitely, at least the physiological changes, I think, should be way earlier, yeah. like second or third grade, I feel, yeah. because yes. at that point, kind of what, off of what you're saying, you know, like kids are smarter than people. Do yeah. before they catch on to things really quick. I think having people who that's their focus is explaining that to kids so they have the proper range of information and they can provide kids. And it's not uncomfortable because that's what they do instead of having your awkward gym teacher or your awkward Mm -hmm. health teacher be like, hey kids, here's a movie about sex. And then trying to like piecemeal questions together after.
2: I agree with (laughs) both of what you guys said. I think I am absolutely for having this kind of progressive conversation that happens at a really young age that's really important because you start destigmatizing this if these are uh, if if sex can be a part of your dialogue as a young person it's just going to help Create a safe environment where people can come together and not be afraid to ask questions that can be embarrassing or awkward. And I think the other part that is going to encourage that to happen is not only media and TV shows providing that kind of information, which I think more and more we're starting to see, but also, it's what you said, not having your PE teacher or your biology teacher be teaching you about sex education. And it's not just about sex, you lose your virginity or sex, you have a baby. It's about sex as this very pleasurable, very fun, very intimate thing that can happen between two people. Maybe more people. I don't know. Maybe you're into foursomes, threesomes.
1: Or just Maybe yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just- and so I think it's its just allowing these conversations to happen is huge. And I love talking about sex and I think everyone should be able to feel comfortable about it because feeling that shame and feeling like you don't belong in this place or feeling like what you're feeling is comp- makes you a complete, crazy, weird person is s- such a horrible feeling and it's it's not benefiting
0: anyone.
1: Why feel isolated when you can talk to your lady oh, yeah. friends about
0: fukifuky? We'll be a better place, I can tell you that.
1: So we want to do we kind of wanted to incorporate because we're not always but sometimes we'll talk about kind of heavy topics Um, just kind of an end of podcast coming together where we just say something that made our week a little bit better just to check in with everybody. How
2: are you doing okay Kate?
1: Ollie learned a new trick. Ollie, uh, full name Oliver Tiberius Frosmus, is my um, turning turning six this August. Maybe because we don't we don't actually know. He's a rescue, but he's my little four-legged dog. Um, looks like a a fruit bat mixed with a chihuahua. Yes, and, like, but very cute. Um, but Ollie is my dog. Um, he's amazing. But yeah, I taught him a new trick, and I was pretty proud of myself. He knows spin now.
0: Mine was. I ended up going away for a night with two very close childhood friends and I have not been eating a lot of sugar lately and we ended up having a campfire and s'mores and I got so high on sugar and we had a campfire going and then we started playing blister in the sun. And it was so awesome because it was like three minutes. We just were high on sugar and dancing with like these sticks and a fire and it was just like wonderful to be able to like let loose with uh, some people I love well. You know, the world is, is, is challenging and... While uh, the world's burning. Yeah, while the world is burning, I get to at least roast marshmallows on the ashes, so... Even though I've never had a proper s'more. I am a former Girl Scout. We need to fix oh, yeah. that shit. But
2: what about you, Gabby? I think my doing okay moment is Bill Callahan came out with his new song, Pigeon, and it's beautiful it's exactly what i needed during this pandemic swoon to his voice that old sad cowboy voice (laughs) (laughs) fill you old sad
0: cowboy Well, I All guess right. that's what we got for you guys today. You know, we'd love to continue this conversation, and so shoot us a DM on Instagram, Twitter. Reach out At, to uh, us, Ladybird's Pod. Ladybird's yeah. Pod. You know, hopefully, maybe listening to this has opened a couple doors, and maybe it was entertaining on your train ride. So, Shares. cross fingers. <laughs> you know, we're doing okay, and hope they, you're doing okay. Yeah, hope you're doing okay. Let us know. And let us know. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.